Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Yesterday, New York Attorney General Letitia James announced that New York Governor Andrew Cuomo uh, had acted irresponsibly and recklessly uh, and inappropriately in sexually harassing 11 women in the governor's office at uh, various points along the way. Of course, the governor denied any wrongdoing on his part in a pre-recorded and heavily produced uh, response that came out about an hour after uh, the Attorney General's report, a 167-page report uh, on the allegations, the activities, witnesses, victims, uh, all weighed in there. And I want to step through this from the standpoint of we we have got to change this conversation uh, as much as anything. And the question often becomes, how do we hold people in positions of power accountable? And why are we willing uh, to let that slide in so many instances. If you look at the political landscape, uh, of course, there was uh, much evidence, uh, against, whether that's against former President Donald Trump or former President Bill Clinton. Uh, you look at uh, Bill Cosby. You you look at uh, a host of other prominent people, uh, many who seem to be able to skate past a lot of these things uh, that those with lesser money or influence I do not. But to me, that also misses the question. There's been a lot of debate today about, you know, can the governor actually govern anymore? And I'm not sure he could govern before all of these allegations came out, before this attorney attorney general report came out, uh, given the investigations that are currently still ongoing relating to the early days of the pandemic. Uh, Cover up in terms of how things were handled, especially relating to nursing homes and death counts. Uh, way things were uh, appropriated or approved for expenditures, uh, and again, a, a lot of cover-up that went along with that. So I, I want to just step through a couple of things as it relates to this. Let's start uh, with the Attorney General, Letitia James, yesterday announcing uh, what they had found in their investigation against Governor Cuomo. The investigation found that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed current and former New York State employees by engaging in unwelcome and non-consensual touching and making numerous offensive comments of a suggestive and sexual nature that created a hostile work environment for women. 
The investigators independently corroborated and substantiated these facts through interviews and evidence, including contemporaneous notes and communications. So again, that's uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James yesterday announcing the investigation, what they had found in there and what they had put into their 167-page report. Uh, now there are a number of district attorneys in New York that are asking for all of that evidence, uh, and they uh, appear to be on a path to file charges there. We also know uh, that uh, impeachment uh, proceedings and investigations that would precede an impeachment uh, have begun as well. Uh, interestingly and quite rare, uh, there was a lining up of federal officials, nationally prominent figures uh, from New York yesterday, including the president of the United States, calling for the governor to resign. Back in March, you said that if the investigation confirmed the allegations against Governor Cuomo, then he should resign. So will you now call on him to resign, given the investigator said the 11 women were credible? I stand by that statement. Are you now calling on him to resign? Yes. And if he doesn't resign, do you believe he should be impeached and removed from office? Let's take one thing at a time here. I think he should resign. Um, President Joe Biden uh, weighing in yesterday. Uh, Of course, uh, Senate leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat from New York, also called on the governor to uh, resign, as did the entire New York delegation federally. Uh, He also had... uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi called on him to resign and uh, a host of others within the state of New York uh, down at the local level as well all called on him to resign. And the governor has uh, hunkered down. And as uh, we outlined yesterday and throughout the morning this morning uh, in a way that was deeply disturbing to me and showed a pattern, um, he has focused on himself. He has focused on maintaining power. And he has used the playbook that sadly has become acceptable to the rest of us. And that is he denied, he dismissed the accusations, he distracted with this very heavily produced, pre-recorded, edited with all kinds of glowing footage of him uh, as a distraction And then, of course, he just dismissed it as a political exercise and that his accusers were politically motivated. Uh, In fact, here's uh, here's what the governor himself said yesterday. First, I want you to know directly from me that I never touched anyone inappropriately or made inappropriate sexual advances. I am 63 years old. I've lived my entire adult life in public view. That is just not who I am, and that's not who I have ever been. So that's Governor Cuomo. Again, immediate denial. Uh, but then the disturbing part for me occurred in the distractions, the distortions, the dismissing uh, of the victims, uh, none of which uh, is acceptable. And, uh, again, all that needs to go through And the processes have to play out. And that's often the hardest part for victims, I think, is that the process is slow. The process can be tedious. The important thing is that the truth comes out. Uh, Earlier today in in an interview with George Stephanopoulos, uh, Charlotte Bennett, one of the staffers uh, who has accused the governor, uh, said that the governor's uh, apology was not an apology and was inappropriately putting blame 
on the victims. It wasn't an apology, and he didn't take accountability for his actions. He can't once apologize and then say he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, he blamed me and said that I simply misinterpreted what he had said, but uh, his line of questioning was not appropriate. He was coming on to me, and he insinuated that survivors of trauma and sexual assault can't um, tell the difference between mentorship and leadership and sexual harassment itself, which is not only insulting to me, but every survivor who listened to him yesterday. Uh, the victim blaming is not okay. The victim blaming is not okay. It's not okay. And we have to change that part of the discussion. And then we really have to stop uh, and ask ourselves, we've been talking today about looking in the mirror a lot, uh, whether that's uh, your view on vaccines or masks or any of those kinds of things, whether it's looking in the mirror on the kind of messaging you're putting out into the world, what's on your social feeds, how are you dealing with people who disagree with you? Uh, those are tough conversations to look in the mirror. And I think we all have to look in the mirror in terms of how we hold people, especially people in high office, accountable for behavior that's reprehensible. And until we're willing to do that, there will always be people in power. There will always be people of influence and means who will be able to work the system. It was very overt yesterday that the governor's path is is really to do the things we talked about. Deny, distract, distort, dismiss, and then hunker down and try to write it out. And as voters, how many times have we just said, eh, I disagree with all of that, but hey, I agree with them on taxes or climate change or whatever the case may be. And are we, are we willing? And, and when will we stop allowing ourselves to continually lower the bar in terms of our expectations from those who we elect and vote into high office? When are we going to follow what George Washington said of uh, that we should expect our leaders to behave both in public and in private with dignity, humility, and authenticity. Uh, we have to get to that part of the conversation or we're really not going anywhere. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. The Olympics, of course, have brought to the fore mental health. We're going to look at some lessons that we can apply from the Olympics to our young people as they get ready to go back to school. Stay with us. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.